Krishna movement. Prabhupada called Srila Bhaktivinoda the pioneer of the Krishna consciousness movement in the West, envisioning everything from a GBC, it's going to take a, G, a governing body to, to supervise this thing. It's going to take many gurus and disciples, God families, all working cooperatively to begin to manifest the, the prophecy. Prithiviti Achayatanagarari Gram Sarvatopachar Hayibe Moranam In as many towns and villages as there are on the surface of the earth, my holy name will be preached. Wasn't happening after hundreds of years because Mahaprabhu had allowed his renaissance to be eclipsed, driven underground, overshadowed, disgraced even. It took Bhaktivinoda Thakur hundreds of years later to single-handedly uncover pure bhakti, which had been obscured by all the upa, the going away, like uparad, it means going away from radha. <laughs> An uparad in the fence means to actually leave the shelter of, of radha, the daivi prakriti. So he did that. He single-handedly um, identified the 13 Upasampradayas that had ruined the Bhakti Mark. And then he discovered in Arissa a copy of the Sri Chaitanya Chaitamrita, which of course reveals the whole thing, the whole Bhakti Mark, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as he is. Um, and he, he got the Bhadralok, the Bengali aristocracy, to take a fresh look because they, no self-respecting aristocratic Bengali gentleman would be caught dead practicing bhakti in those days, in the 19th century, because it had been completely ruined. So they, I remember going to college, and when we, we read, the, we came to, I was taking philosophy of Eastern religion. So when it came to bhakti, it was presented as a debauched cult. This is in the 1960s in America. So that misconception was surviving even in the 60s. And you had this idea that it was a big orgy, a big party, you know, singing, dancing, women and men, and, and you know, just carrying on. Because that's what it had become. So Bhaktivinoda envisioned, after he uncovered the true path, and he called Mahaprabhu our Eastern Savior, because he was raised in British, edu educated in Christianity. So now it's our Eastern Savior. So he knew what it would take to spread it all over the world, but he knew he didn't have time to do it. So he prayed for the ray of Vishnu. He got it in the fourth or fifth sun by Srimati Bhagavati Devi. And of course, we know that Bhimal Prasad Dutt, child prodigy, grew up to be Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And it was the Thakur who had uh, changed the heart of Abhay Charande, a young man. Prabhupada said, I was a Gandhi and I was a devotee of Gandhi. And so when he challenged the sadhu in the summer of 1922 on the Altadunga rooftop, flagship uh, first center of the Gaudiya, Gaudiya mission. Who will hear our Chaitanya's philosophy? 
we have to become first free, you know, from the boot of the British Raj. Oh no, Saraswati Thakur said this, Krishna consciousness is too important, too urgent to wait for a change in politics. So immediately, Prabhupada's allegiance flew from Gandhi to Saraswati Thakur. And Prabhupada would tell us some of uh, Saraswati Thakur's austerities. Because when I looked up Naishtik Brahmachari, I found out that there's two components. Uh, the two main components. You make a, after being trained in the Gurukula, and the, the Kula, the home of the Guru, that uh, you determine, well, the Guru determines, and you follow his order. But you can actually go your whole life without becoming involved with family life. So Prabhupada uh, talked about his Guru Maharaj like that, that he became a great scholar and he uh, uh, commented on the commentary in the Surya Siddhanta and therefore that gave him that part of his name, Siddhanta Saraswati. And so, and then he became, he actually became uh, the, this, the pundit in the court of the Raj, the astrologer, the pundit, but that, and he was accepting a stipend for that. But, but he could see that if he continued on this, that uh, his parents would, you know, insist he get married and, you know, like that. So he gave up astrology, he gave up the court, he gave up the stipend, and he did severe tapas from 1905 to 1914, roughly, the year his father passed away. He made a a billion names. A billion is a thousand millions. Just <laughs> try to think of that. Names. Took him nine years to do it. So one component of Naishtik Brahmacharya, I found out, was that... Uh, there has to be a severe uh, vow, which actually inconveniences the physical body. It, it's uh, That's the definition of tapasya, voluntary acceptance of bodily inconvenience for the sake of spiritual advancement. So he wanted to take that mission of Mahaprabhu that his father had envisioned how to do it to the next step. He wanted to actually found an organized mission, which he did. So based on that tapas, he was able to, he got the Shakti uh, to actually found this mission. In 1918, he sat before a picture of his Guru Maharaj, Shiva Gorakishore Das Babaji, and he accepted sannyas from the picture. Now, you can do that if you're a ray of Vishnu. <laughs> Not to be imitated, right? And that effectively was, the, was day one of the Gaudiya mission. So, uh, the Gaudiya Mutt. The other component was that you you're, you're really uh, very super strict in the control of all your senses senses, mind, intelligence if there's any thought or sense gratification that enters you just dismiss it you just kick it out now the other kind of brahmachari and there's several, there's several other kinds of brahmacharis, I found out. <laughs> and that, but they're all basically this, because it says here, acceptance of, uh, what does it say? Praja patyam, to execute the vow for one year. 
So, you, so the, they are all the young men who are capable, who are, are eligible, who have the adhikar to do brahmachari training, do it. And then, um, then there's different levels of vows of how long you continue that, that, that training. So this is prajapatyam, to execute the vow for one year. But an aishtik, he makes the vow to live forever uh, at the feet of his guru and, and never uh, divide his affection with anyone else. But everybody else, after the different lengths of vows, then, as Prabhupada said, he's allowed to go home and marry. The real home, of course, is with Krishna, and that's what we're all being trained to do. But most of us uh, can't skip that grade of grihasta, of, of family life, and we, um, it's, it's an ashram. So then, then the grihasta brahmachari, as Prabhupada would say, then he lives with wife under strict regulation. And in this, I think it was in Berkeley where Prabhupada said, so Grihastha is a kind of license for sense gratification, but don't take it. <laughs> in other words, don't indulge. Don't, don't take it like that. Don't take it that it's a license for sense gratification, even though it's, it's a little easier than the, you know, the rut of, of brahmachari and no, uh, not a thought for comfort or convenience. You know, you see that in the monks of all traditions, right? very severe. But that's their wealth. That's their wealth. Their austerity is the wealth of, of the Brahmin or the, yeah, the, renun the renunciate. Um, because he's, as even Henry David Thoreau said, he was a kind of New England sadhu, a little bit. Although sometimes he'd cheat. He'd leave Walden, he'd go down to his mother's house, and he'd get a cookie. <laughs> Some people, the biographers say that. He wasn't always in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, Thoreau said, he, he is richest whose needs are the cheapest. Right? I don't need this, I don't need that. But most of us think we need a lot of facility, right? We need a lot of comfort and convenience, especially in the West. Surrounded by it. So now I would like to share with you per Atul Govinda Prabhu's suggestion, um, something about my trip. And this kind of nicely dovetailed with the trip, because in the course of my trip, every place I went, I met different kinds of brahmacharis. <laughs> and it is a rather endangered species in America. <laughs> it is a rather endangered species. Um, Okay, so where did I go first? Well, first of all, I, well, okay, no comment about that. <laughs> My mama told me, you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. So, all right, so we won't tell about the first stop. <laughs> anyway, actually, it was good. It was good, but in terms of brahmacharya, well, that was... What was that, There was a little cafe just the other side of the border. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I got to go. I got to go to vegan cafe right up, right in Juarez, right across the border, just to see. Because there was once somebody in the congregation there who was from Juarez, who gave me a guided tour of Juarez. 
and there's a Le Guru, Le Guru Cafe. I sent shots. I sent, uh, yeah. And it was very nice, very nice. And I said, what does Le Guru mean in Spanish? And they said, the Guru. <laughs> they were just borrowing the words, yeah. Okay, so uh, then I went up state New York, and I still wasn't doing my, you know. Yeah, in El Paso, I did, I did a kind of a Sunday Peace talk, Prabhupada passed on. And then in New York State, I was visiting Satsrup Maharaj uh, in the context of a gathering uh, around the 4th of July and around December, Christmas time, which is his birthday around there. Then his two gatherings. So I'd never been. So I went to see him. And he was the guest of honor. But all his friends and disciples were there. And Jayadwada Swami was there. And uh, Ranadar Swami was there. And Ravindra Sarup Prabhu was there. It was great. A lot of great. They both lived next door, right? Yeah, they were all in the same block. Whatever, right? This little hamlet. Uh, the capital of the, the, the main building in the hamlet is is the post office, that's, that's where it's all happening. <laughs> but this was just down the street of the VFW, there's a veteran of foreign, foreign wars place, so we, it was summer, so we had it outside in the pavilion, it was very nice. And uh, Satsur Maharaj gave the keynote address, wonderful, just very, uh, you know, he's very limited now, he's gonna be 79 in, uh, December. December 6th is his solar birthday. I don't know when it falls this year. I think they use the solar anyway. So he's, yeah, very restricted. Pretty much walks with a walker a lot. Um, but he was reading current poetry and, and speaking very, his, his because of all the headaches he got in the 80s and stuff, and had so many medications, he does, he speaks slower than he used to. But what he speaks is, wow. Dhanadar Swami was so amazed. Uh, this is, I didn't know this, because he had to leave early for an engagement in Hudson with the yoga, yoga community. But uh, when I was in Potomac, just my last stop, visiting friends, Bhakta Henry, a famous wealthy devotee, who has given shelter to the likes of Jamuna and Dinatarine and Garuda and all these luminaries. Anyway, he was he was there. He was Janardar Swami's chauffeur, kind of driving him to the engagement. Then he drove back, uh, and uh, he said Janardar Swami was so stunned by Satsur Maharaj's talk that he just got in the car, and he said, after hearing that talk, I, I have nothing to say. I'm just going to read the Bhagavatam. <laughs> he did. He didn't talk to Henry or anything. He just, and I didn't know that was pretty far out. <laughs> but the irony of that engagement, it was a gathering to honor him, right? And I'm used to just being with like last year and also back in 2012. I just visited him alone, not in the context of a big gathering. And so it was kind of a lot of fun catching up with all these other great souls, but then I hardly spoke with him. And I noticed that hardly anybody spoke with him. <laughs> we all, the God Brothers, we got in a big picnic table, you know, all the, the endangered species, Prabhupada and idiots. Uh, and he was uh, sitting at one end, and we're all there 
you know, catching up, and but then it was it was it was weird, you know. And so I wrote him afterwards. I said I feel so bad. I had such a good time, but I heard we hardly spoke. And he said, Yeah, it was awkward, wasn't it? <laughs> he said, Why don't you come next year when nobody's here? You know. So I was really touched that he said that. Because I want to do that next year. Okay, so Stuyvesant Falls, VFW. And then finally I took an Amtrak down to a place called Bear, Delaware. I never heard of it. Just a little town 20 minutes from Wilmington. And uh, and that was at the invitation of uh, His Grace Krishna Kirtan Prabhu, who is trying to build a community in this little Hamlet. There's a lot of IT Indian people there. They work in Wilmington, and he lives in Bear. So they rent a house, or maybe they have it now. Yeah. And uh, so over ten days, I presented ten straight days. I was surprised. Usually the Indians wanted on the weekends, right? We had it in the evenings, so that was nice. And then I sent a little video to Sundamani. I don't know if she shared it with you, but it was a two-minute video of the Rathiatra they had after we finished the seminars on Saturday the 14th July, the actual day of, of the Rathiyatra in Puri. Mm -hmm. um, we did a little Rathiyatra, we just circumambulated the yard, the property around the, the house, you know. <laughs> but, you know, a couple of hundred people came out, out of the woodwork, you know, mostly Indians. There's some Westerners there. And then uh, they had me and Krishna Kirtan Prabhu inaugurate the parade with co the coconuts, yeah. you ever see that? And you throw them. Yeah. And I had never done that before. It was really cool. And I had this guy who's good with a camera, you know. And so it's, and yeah. So that was nice. So, oh, so there's one, there's one brahmachari amongst all the Indians. Because it's just a householder, you know, professional working family thing. But there, to maintain this little house, there's one brahmachari, I think he's from Bengal, he's a Bengali brahmachari, and he does everything with the deities, and he cooks, and he cleans, but basically, he's a, he's a brahmachari, but basically he's being groomed to be a family man, just by association. Prabhupada said it all depends on the quality of the student's training. So he's, and he's, I can see he's very happy doing that, but I can see he's being, you know, escorted into the next, into the next ashram. So that was a kind of, and he was very nice. Did speak a whole lot of English. Yeah. So that's a kind of brahmachari who was home in effect because he's surrounded by householders. And yeah, that's probably what he's going to do. Probably because he doesn't speak much English and it looked like he had any intention of learning more English. Probably he and his bride-to-be will maintain the house and be happy doing that. Probably marry some Pujari type, you know. Okay, so that was Bear, Delaware. I was there for two weeks and two days, something like that. And then they drove me up to Philly, the nearest place where there's a big airport, about 35 minutes away. And I flew to Knoxville, Tennessee, where the previous year Jivananda Prabhu had introduced me to that community, had, had you know, encourage them to invite me to give the seminar. So I gave the seminar series last year, but they invited me back to teach Esopanishad, which I had with notes and slides and 
And in that community, there are no brahmacharis because it's just it's a householder community, and there's one family that hosts that puts on all the programs, and they're very happy doing it. But they are big time grihasta brahmacharis. Wow, this is it's really exemplary. He goes to work every you know weekday. Uh, he does. He's a software engineer. He's he's for some. Uh, television company in uh, I guess well anyway nearby 20 minutes away but meantime so they're hosting me so I'm living in the in the house right and then the whole day it's it's uh, in the, they have a morning program before he goes to work right uh, singing and uh, a little just a, a very abbreviated sort of class and Tulsi Puja, and then she's a, his wife is an expert cook. And, and then they, they have two girls. One is just about 14, probably turned 14 this month. And one is a girl four, and they are polar opposites. The 14-year-old girl, she's very studious, very controlled, not like an out-of-controlled teenager at all, because of the upbringing. She did, they home, she's, she's, Homeschool? No, she's taking uh, distance learning. We did that with our daughter too. You can you can do homeschool with a, a distance learning program. And so she was doing her homework and then checking in online. They also have online webinars and all this. Um, and then they have an evening program. And then with the little girl, she's just four, so she's getting acclimated to. Uh, Krishna culture through the use of tech. They're very high-tech family, too. The father, he's very techy. And so the girl was watching, you know, Ramayan, Mahabharat, you know, Krishna Kit, what's that, Krishna, Little Krishna, little, Krishna. little animation. So she all day, you know, she's just singing the songs. Mm -hmm. That's her inner life, you know, sort of the kitty thing. Uh, and yeah, they sleep separately. You know, the whole thing is very uh, paka. And, and they're, they're doing what Prabhupada said to do, to make a happy family life. They chant Hare Krishna together, they hear Bhagavat together, take prasad together, worship the deity together. They're doing it. And they're, and they're the hosts for all the, you know, nobody else that comes is as tuned up as that. They're all very sincere people, but they're the most fired up. You know, they don't have a temple, but they're fired up to share Krishna consciousness. So, yeah, it's great. Then I flew from Knoxville, Tennessee. And by the way, they lived on a mountaintop in Tennessee, just like you hear, you know. So there was uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains, the beautiful Joppa walks, just all around. And then I flew to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, well, it was the north side. It wasn't, as, you know, and the lake is only five blocks from the Temple Lake, Michigan. So I had a nice chapel walk on the lake. But this is a big, as I like to say, cavern of yesteryear, palace of yesteryear. You know, and back in the day, you know, 100 devotees in the temple, all the devotees in the temple, and now there's just like a handful of people to maintain this huge cavernous building. So it's a struggle, but they do have a considerable uh, you know, Indian population, they come just for darshan in the morning before they go to work. 
or they come on the weekends, you know, for the Sunday program. But uh, Madhuji, hey Mangi Madhuji, she advertised the seminars pretty well. So they were pumped up, they were primed. So a lot of them came in the evenings uh, for the lessons. And that was good, yeah. Uh, well, that was on the weekends, that's right. Yeah, we did, that's right. We did Friday night and then two on Saturday and two on Sunday over two weekends. Now, in this temple, there are actually brahmacharis. A lot of them were on the road distributing books. And, but there was one, I would say, I mean, there were a couple, but there was one, especially an outstanding brahmacharya from Mexico, you know, completely bilingual Mexican and English. Now he, he was, he's like a pujari type. But as soon as I arrived, Chandra Maliswami was there at the same time because he wanted a, he like, he teaches, he shares my seminar with, with people. He wanted to see the latest edition. He wanted to see me do it. So he came, he timed his visit to completely co coincide with mine. So they gave him the Swami suite. And I stayed upstairs in a, in a nice room, but with the brahmacharya on the brahmacharya floor. So as soon as I got there, uh, this person who picked me up, and then he gave me the key to the room. I opened the, I went in the room, it needed cleaning. But the brahmachari next door, the Mexican-American, he's such, he had such a service attitude, he didn't even blink, he just started looking around. He said, okay, let's clean this place, you know. Let's go, Prabhu. You know, it's Espanol, I can't do it. Come on, you know. He has a pretty thick accent, but he knows English. And he was just scrubbing and cleaning everything, and, and I was into it, you know. It's what I usually do when I get to a place. I just, but he was totally into it. And then he was always, every day, what do you need, what do you need? And, <laughs> and there's a, the window, the only window in the room was one of these windows that opens with a long pole. There's a hook on the end, and you have to hook it inside this thing in the window that's way up high. So I had to learn the art of opening the window. <laughs> he gave me a lesson, and I had to stand on a chair to do it, you know? Otherwise, it gets too stuffy, because it's, it's the floor before the roof. It was pretty hot there. And, um, and he was just checking on me every day to make sure I had the right stuff. You know, prasadam and, and you want me to clean this, Prabhu? No, no, I'll do it, I'll do it. You know, it was a competition for service, so it was sweet. But here's the other thing. He was going to school. He was going to school uh, to get certified as a counselor. Because he could see a lot of people that come to Krishna, you know, Chatur Vidabhajante Mam, we come for four reasons. We're in distress, or we're completely destitute financially, or we're curious, or we're wise. And usually we come for a mixture of all those reasons. So he was going to school because he noticed that a lot of people that would come to the temple, they were in distress. And they needed a way to just move past, you know, their distress and not be so stuck in their in their distress. And so he he's becoming a certified kind of like a life coach, a counselor like that. So you might think, well, that's, <coughs> is that really a fit occupation, you know, fit duty for a brahmachari? Well, in this context, it's actually a very compassionate thing to do. And he's very strict. I could see that. He'd get up early, he'd chant, then go to school, you know, after breakfast. 
and he'd come back later and, and so he was actually doing it in that kind of, because of his motive his intention was good he was being protected and his sadhana was good now at the same in the same place toward the end no no not toward the end there was another fellow visiting visiting the Chicago temple sitting up pretty close to where I was standing at a, this makeshift podium no it was a real podium actually and he was taking it all in now he was a, a fellow from India who came to America you know to to seek his fortune because his parents wanted him to have a better life than they could give him in India and so he got some degree in India some tech degree and then he was for the last 10 years he's been some kind of software engineer right but he lives a considerable distance from the temple and he's working you know in a modern office environment with a lot of flirtatious ladies um, so but he but he's really I could, from talking to him he came to me you know and he said what what advice do you have Prabhu I'm, I'm my parents really want me to work you know and, and get married and uh, and they're depending on me you know to protect them in old age you know with some money and, and keep that connection but I could see the guy he really wanted to he's he's like he's a very simple person actually but he has this skill so he's able to get a high paying job what do you do uh, and he has a lot of student debt he has to pay back so I said uh What's his name? Hmm. Uh, I forget. Hmm. Uh, anyway. So I said, Prabhu, just work dutifully, pay off that debt, and see how it goes with your consciousness. Because the way you know you're living like that you know you're very vulnerable you don't have brahmachari because he said where can i get good brahmachari association so i suggested let's you pay off the debt see if this is just a mental concoction that you want to be a simple sadhu because you can't because what he asked me he said some devotee quote unquote had told me you can be a, a brahmachari you know working in the corporate world making money having your own pad and and still be a brahmachari I said, uh-uh, uh, you got to choose. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in his Sikrsa Sangita that you actually have to choose. You can't straddle two ashrams. <laughs> you got to, if you're going to work and, and earn in, in the corporate world, you, you need a fort. You need fort, fort wife, fort Putney. You're not going to make it like that. So, so look, Work, so come to the temple as much as you can, pay off the debt because you're, you're making good money. You should be able to do it in a reasonable amount of time in a few years. And then, one of the best places I know for brahmachari training, I, I, I've heard that uh, Denver's now doing well like that. San Diego, San Diego used to be the place where, um, what's his name, Maharaj came? What's his name? Ananda yeah, right. So when he was the president, and you know, it was there was a lot of brahmacharis, and it was a fun, that's where they'd have their brahmachari seminars. Bhaktivikash Maharaj would come in, and Dhanavir Maharaj, you know, and, and encourage the the men. 
and then now it's back. But as far as I know, it's uh, it's Denver now. So why don't you know? Why don't you do that? Why don't you go there and and leave that kind of life? We've met the Denver brahmacharis here, right? The book distributors. Yeah. So that's the that's the different kind of tapasya. Now you know it, it's 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 an outreach tapasya. It's book distribution where you really have to be have good sadhana, so you have controlled mind, and you have to have a mission, so you're not distracted, like like that. It's not it's not the physical sadhana of classic India, you know, austere condition, but it's more of a mental austerity. So see if you're really cut out for that, and if you're not. Then you gotta get married and, and practice austerity that way. There's austerity everywhere. So he thanked me, and we've been in touch. I said, and you can write Uncle Suresh, or you just write me, we'll keep in touch. And then I went to Toronto. Now, Toronto was very interesting. It was the first time I had. Uh, been in a situation where they had not planned to actually for me to present the whole thing. Because although that was the first place I actually went to, a Hare Krishna temple, in 1970 in the spring, when I left America and expatriated, I didn't want to fight Uncle Sam's dirty war, right? So I went to Beverly Street two, two buildings ago. Most, most of the people didn't even know it. There had been a place before Gerard. They're in a, a Catholic church now, former Catholic church, Avenue Road. Very nice building. Anyway, so one day I asked this fellow, Billy. He was the tech guy. And uh, he's also, no, he's married. Okay, yeah. So anyway, he drove me down and I, I saw the 40 Beverly Street. I had to call up Lakshmi Mone. I said, Lakshmi Mone, because she was the first lady at Beverly Street in the spring of 1970. She was pregnant with Nirmal Chandra, her first son. Jagadish was the 21-year-old president. You know, <laughs> they were just pioneering Toronto, downtown. It's a good location, actually, right near UT, University of Toronto. But in this, in this temple, in this temple where there's very, another place where there's very few people living in temple, it's just all about the satellite Indian centers ringing you know, it's Greater Toronto area. They call it GTA, Greater Toronto area. They had me doing little selected lessons because they didn't know me. You know, I wasn't I'm not a GBC or a, or a Swami or a, you know a big guy or something. So they sort of knew, but they didn't really know. So they just deployed me to these centers just to give everybody a sample, so they could see if they wanted the whole thing, and they did. So one of the high points of the visit was up in a place called Scarborough. Ontario, about 40 miles from Toronto, and we did a Rathiatra. And then we came back to their building they own. This is a little place. It's not really, yeah, it's uninstalled deities like that. It's a place where they have classes and stuff. And they heard, they heard my Prabhupada stories and points from the seminar, and they said, okay, I commit the temple president, what's his name? Uh, not president, community leader. He said, we're going to have you back next year. And I'm gonna, I commit to organizing the whole thing. Hmm. And don't worry, we're going to do it in the Toronto Temple. We'll have all the satellite centers come. And this is good. They, everybody needs it. 
Yeah, everybody thinks it's just all about their Diksha Guru, who is important, but they don't know Prabhupada. They never read his life story even. They haven't even read the Gita, most of them. So that was enlightening. So there's one brahmachari in this Toronto temple. His name was Uttamananda. He's from Bangladesh. He was a real brahmachari. He was very fixed in his sadhana. He's very wonderful service attitude again, like the fellow, other fellow, asking me what I needed. And uh, and here's another thing. Like I have a godbrother, Dharma Pran, who was back in the day he was very powerful book distributor, and and uh, and now and then he had a stroke, and now he's like, he can sort of gimp around, you know, with a, with a half-paralyzed body. So this Uttamananda, he's taken upon himself to be like a, a, a supportive like nephew for him. So you see him always, you know, supporting Prabhu physically or, or just being with him, you know, like a, a good nephew. That's very inspiring to see that. So, I talked the whole time away, but... Um, a great trip. Great trip means good to go, good to come home. That's a good trip. And in the meantime, pretty much everybody wants me back to do something. So that was good. Except for Chicago, because they've seen it. And the temple president, Hemangi Maharaji, she wants to get saddled. She wants to, wants to get other preaching centers near the colleges, because it's full of colleges, Chicago. So maybe some other time. Brahmacharya, I'll just end with this. This is austerity of the body. 17th chapter, 14th verse. Devad vijaguru pragya pujanam shochamarjavam brahmacharyam mahingsacha shariram tapa uchate. Austerity of the body consists in worship of the Supreme Lord, the Brahmanas, the spiritual master, and superiors like the father and mother, and in cleanliness, simplicity, Celibacy, that's the brahmachari word, and non-violence. Okay, it's kind of late. But thank you for listening. Shilavopati. This is what I'm seeing, just so you know. Right, and just, it's, my head's behind me. Oh, I see on the screen. Wow, it's really clear, huh? Well, yeah, because I mean, right now, this is basically what everyone sees, this little screen, and this is my screen to play with. So like, let's say I want to zoom into that TV, I just click here. Oh. I just click right here, and now I'm zoomed into the TV, so everyone's just seeing the TV now. And then if I want to zoom out, I can just use two fingers, pinch out, and watch this, whoop, goes right back to you. So this, this little thing allows me to really get creative with it. Mm. Zoom into the TV, zoom out. And Vimeo is very accessible. And then, yeah, then Vimeo is simple. Yeah, it's really it's simple. like a cloud, huh? Yeah. Okay. I have seven terabytes of space with Wow. Seven terabytes. So, you know, we can upload almost anything on there. <laughs> Everything that I've been doing, if you see, have you, 
if you follow our Vimeo channel, it's called ISCON Tucson. Just go to Vimeo.com, look for ISCON Tucson. Okay. You're going to see there's like almost 30 videos that I've done so far. 30? Yeah. Wow. On that channel. We'll post the, uh, when we finish editing, we'll definitely post it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd oh, be yeah. great. And I bought, I bought the Prabhupada movie, too. Yeah. Yeah, me too. We got that. So. That's great. That's Did you get it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Somehow it's on my phone, but I can't. And we got it here. Let me show you how, how this works. So for the TV right now, I'm on the internet, right? Mm -hmm. Check this out. This is a smart TV, so I can literally, wow. I can just go to Vimeo right here. So if ever you want to see a certain video, like YouTube, I can look for a certain video clip right here, and we can watch it if it, you know, pertains to your class. Mm -hmm. So here's our here's our actual feed. Uh -huh. Here's our library. There's Hare Krishna movie, so you can watch right. that here. Right. And this is our profile. It's Khan Tucson. You can see all our videos here. Uh -huh. <laughs> see all these? I've I've color I've made little covers for each one. Uh -huh. <laughs> Everything is there. Uh -huh. This is a video that I made. I edited this video after you left. Mm -hmm. I don't think you saw this one, you saw the other one. Mm -hmm. But this is just a video and I'm just gonna show you how, how it looks. Because mm -hmm. you can just, man, we can, this is great because we can post so many things on wow. it. <laughs> oh, I saw this, you posted this and I, I went and I saw it. You see this one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's this is this is one. Yeah, I saw your voice. I got it. It's good. <laughs> Boy, it's so clear. It's the best of the best. I did all the editing on that video too. Okay. So it's just it was a lot of work. Uh -huh. Yeah, and the, yeah. As you know, the editing is it's the worst. <laughs> tell you, you know, there's this made, there's this big page on Facebook, social media page. It's called Bhagavad Gita. Everyone follows them. They have like two million followers. Really? Yeah, they reached out to me because oh. they saw what we were doing here. Uh -huh. They reached out and they said, I'd love for you to be one of the editors on the page. Wow. So you can post as you please and uh. you have millions of people watching. So I posted this particular video you just did. I posted it on there. And when I checked it earlier, you had like 80 people watching. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's just, it's really wow. sweet. Oh yeah. You're going to reach so many people. So, well, we're going to get we're, we're going to get these uh, lessons out there too, just like that. Yeah. So oh boy. It's going to be great. The yeah, audience awesome. is increasing.
Tarak Matsu, you know me. Yeah, I mean, oh, you did. Yeah, because we knew, I, I, we knew each other a little bit. You know you before, right? Yeah, he was familiar to me. You met with? Yeah, yeah, he would play drum, and I'd sing Mangalarti. Yeah, he said he was. Yeah, Mangalarti. Yeah, he was a good drummer. He didn't pull Fiji up or slow me down. Yeah, I liked that band too. He had the same. Yeah. <laughs> you like that? It's great. Yeah, that's good. It's really good. Clear. 